Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is kind of interesting coming up here now on our next guest. The U.S. Border Patrol had nearly 250,000 encounters with migrants crossing into the United States from Mexico in December of 2023, according to the government statistics. That was the highest monthly total on record, and encounters at the southwest border in 2023 have increased over 40 percent since 2021. And even more alarming, since President Biden took office— Did he ever take office? There have been over 7.5 million encounters nationwide. With us now to discuss Biden's border crisis is Chris T. Clem. He is the former chief patrol agent of the U.S. Border Patrol in Yuma, Arizona. He retired in 2022 after serving more than 27 years with the U.S. Border Patrol. Known for his matter-of-fact and honest approach, Chief Clem served in multiple locations throughout his career and in key leadership positions across the southern border and in Washington, D.C. He has been on the front line in the border crisis in both El Paso, Texas, and most recently, Yuma, Arizona. Chief Clem, thank you for joining us this evening, sir. Hey, good evening. Glad to be on and uh, always uh, ready to talk about the facts and tackle the border uh you know, uh, it's it's such an important issue. It's impacting everybody. Absolutely, sir. I did 20 in the in the Army myself, retired out of uh, Fort Hood, Texas, and I know uh, how important it is for us to have national security. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your service uh, and that of your team and your family for loaning us all of your expertise over the years. Thank you, Chief. Yeah, and I extend the same to you. Thank you. Well, sir. So, Chief, there have been 1.7 million known illegal gotaways who have crossed over the southern border since Joe Biden took office, yet the president and his administration continue to claim that the border is closed. You serve close to, I think, 28 years with the Border Patrol. Do you think that the U.S. border is closed? Well, I would say uh, you tell me, uh, give me a time and location, and I'll tell you if it's uh, if it's secure or closed at that particular point in time, because the border is dynamic, the border is fluid, but with uh, close to a million arrests already this fiscal year, with uh, over one and a half million gotaways the last few years, yeah, I- I'm saying it's uh, not as secure as it used to be, and it's certainly not uh, not as closed as some would like uh, like us to uh, to believe. Absolutely. So, you know, we have uh, Mayorkas finally impeached, and you use the words. Uh, that it was uh, fluid and dynamic, I would add porous on there. Have you ever seen it as bad as it is now, sir? No, I haven't. And, and, and it's great that you were talking about this because 
look, the uh, you know, in law enforcement, there's nothing simple about it. You're dealing with uh, threats. Uh, in, in our situation, you don't know who the threat is until after you've encountered them or you've you know, taken their biometrics. And, uh, and oftentimes we don't even know who that is because there's no data in the databases that we check. And so those million and a half or 1.7 million gotaways are very, very uh, important uh, uh, to our security. And when we are overwhelmed because of poor policies by this administration and people are just turning themselves in, it is hamstringing the Border Patrol from doing their job. And, uh, and that's where those gotaways uh, are, are happening. And, and for your listeners, understand a gotaway is somebody that we have determined that have made the entry. We, we've either seen them on camera, we've tracked them, uh, we've had the sensors go off, but we could never resolve it. So we have no idea who they are, what their intentions were, and where they're heading to. And that right there you know, is why we say without border security – Every town's a border town. Every state's a border state, and you're seeing that play out in real time over the last year or so with this administration. Absolutely, Chief Clem. I think that if you have a, a door on your house and you have it on this hinges, this is basically the president and his administration, his party. They have taken the door off of his hinges, and they're down somewhere inside the master bathroom obsessing about are we going to use periwinkle blue shampoo or rose petal red shampoo Meanwhile, uh, you know, the entire uh, apparatus that we have is in the cone of silence on the front door and people have no understanding and no fierce sense of urgency, if you will, about who in the world it is that's coming into the house and running through the fridge. So I see in a recent survey that showed that as many as 25 percent of uh, the Border Patrol and ICE officers are considering to leave their jobs. Is that a new phenomenon? How's morale down there? Morale was it was bad. You know, you're having a, an uptick of people that are uh, retiring before they're uh, mandatory. You know, for federal law enforcement, it's set up for uh, at the age of 50. If you have 20 years or more at the age of 50, you're eligible for a uh, for retirement or any time with 25 years or more. So somebody like me had 27 years in. I'd reached over the age of 50. I was well within my ability to retire. I still had, you know. Um, five more years to go if I wanted to, but I, uh, I had, I had put in my time. I, I saw that there was, uh, there was nothing, uh, nothing was going to change in this administration and, and it was the right thing for me to do. But the, the profession has taken a hit uh, and border patrol has not been exempt from that. In fact, it's been victimized by this administration as bad as anybody else. And so the morale does, uh, does take a big hit. Uh, we are a resilient group of people. We uh, traditionally ride to the sound of gunfire but when you're when you're basically you know relegated to uh, processing and and facilitating the the quick release of migrants, it's very challenging to get out there and do the job that they you know number one swore to do and number two expect to do by the American people. But uh, we've just been you know uh, hamstringed by this uh, administration. One one real quick point too, I want to you, you were kind of uh, speaking my language with the front door of the house. <laughs> Look, we live. In, in, in societies where we have locks on our front doors, and all we're saying is let's put a lock on the front door of this country and, 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 then, and to know who comes in our front door based on what is in the best interest of this country and, and not have people come around and sneak in the back door and jump through our backyard and steal our stuff. And that's, that's, that's what's amazing to me is that we could say, hey, we want a lock on our front door and determine who comes in. It becomes divisive and vitriolic and you know, presented false choices. You're either 
pro-border security, that means you're automatically anti-immigrant. Or if you're anti-immigrant and you're you're or you're for immigrants and you're anti-border security, no, it shouldn't be that way. There's there's a sweet spot, but it starts with border security. Amen. And Chief Clem, I tell you, the, the same people who are so adamant about not knowing what a man and a woman is and what their body parts are want to make some declarative statements about what, whether or not you are for or against immigration. Listen, if my grandma is having a birthday party for her 80th birthday and I'm looking through the peephole to see who's coming into the party, I don't want anybody crashing the party. I want the opportunity to keep the door on, look through the peephole and say, yes, you're on the guest list. Come on in. That's how it works. We're not against immigration. We're against illegal uh, migration that is overwhelming our system. And this Black History Month, the black community is finally figuring it out that these same folks that are coming over are now uh, competing with them for resources inside the community, schools, uh, housing, uh, jobs, a, a whole host of things, and that they are losing out big time uh, to the policies of Joe Biden and his Democrat cohort uh, that just don't like America. So it is really disconcerting to us, uh, but God bless you for sticking into the fight. Ladies and gentlemen, again, this is Representative Pat Penn on for John tonight. I have Chris T. Clem, a 25-year veteran of the U.S. Border Patrol. Chief Clem, real quick, uh, what needs to change, if anything, and can Congress, can they do anything to stop this? So what needs to change is the is the direction and leadership in the White House, right? That's the obvious one, because uh, we had, uh, you know, I, I did, uh, I worked for five presidents. I came in under Clinton. Wow. Every administration had had made a difference, right? We were leaning forward each each administration. Obviously, you know, after 9-11, uh, Bush did a lot of things for the border. President Obama built more wall than any president prior to him, and, and he deported more people than in, uh, any other president before him. And then when Trump came in, he he took it to the next level, was going to finish the deal, and and then all of a sudden under this administration, which campaigned on reverse and everything, did it within the first uh, few hours and first few days. And so what we need to do is we need to go back to number one, securing the border. Number two, put the policies in place that were working. You know, uh, you know they they weren't perfect, but they were effective because let me let the audience know that in 2019 our numbers were just over 900,000 arrests. In 2020, it dropped to just over 400,000. But the first full year under President Biden, it went up to 1.6 million. And then in 2022, it went up to 2.2 million. And then we ended 24, close to 2.4 million. So those are those are all policies directed out of the White House. So when they want to blame Congress, they, they got to start by blaming the person in the White House and the secretary's office. Yes, Congress can pass some laws that, you know, kind of uh, codify and solidify what needs to happen and appropriate uh, and line item for security, for detention. But this given too much latitude to the bureaucracy is what's caused this problem because they've yeah. reversed all the policies. And, and here we are. And the numbers don't lie. I mean, we can get emotional and angry about things, but those numbers are factual. You can look them up and vet them against the, 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 the CBP website. And that is policy driven. I agree and, with and you. Marcus will sit there and talk about it's the Congress's fault. Well, one more thing on that, and I'll be quiet, is that Secretary Morcus was the director of USCIS, Citizenship and Immigration Services, from right. 2009 to 2012. Excuse me, 2009 yeah, to 12. Then from 12 to 16, he was the deputy secretary of Homeland Security. And then for the last three years, he's been the secretary of Homeland Security. So he has had, what is that, eight and 11, 11 years he's been directly or indirectly in charge of our immigration system, and he wants to blame Congress? Come on. 
Hey, let me quote the president. Come on, man. Yeah, there you go. Good, good quote right there. And speaking of uh, the president and their quotes and stuff, Chief, if, uh, thank you for your service. But if people want to get in contact with you and give you a poll, a, a quick ranking poll, determining whether or not they support, uh, you know, taking care of Ukraine's border versus America's border, how can they get in contact with you? Well, at my at C Clem official is the best place to find me on the on the X. Sounds like it. Twitter, and that's that, that's where you can find me, and they can send something direct message. We can figure all that out. But yeah, you know what? I'm all about supporting our allies around the world. But charity starts at home. We we've got oh, we've yeah. got a border security problem with things all over the world now more than ever. We need to secure this border. Look, and 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 you're a veteran. Yes, if sir. we have homeless veterans, homeless children, hungry veterans, hungry children, we got a mental health crisis. But we are spending way too much money taking care of other things, and when we've got a problem right here at home. And so I think there's money that can be better served, securing our borders, taking care of here in America. Then we will also support our allies. But, but we, we've got to do some things right now at the border because it's, it's a dangerous situation going on around Amen. the world. Amen. Well, Chief Clem, I want to thank you for joining us this evening. I think the, uh, the listening audience will agree. Thank you so very much. It was awesome being on here. Appreciate the opportunity and look forward to another conversation down the road. Now, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is stepping up his strategy to get on the battleground ballots as he flirts with the idea of running on the Libertarian Party ticket, raising alarm bells for Democrats who fear that he will dent President Biden's reelection prospects. Kennedy's consideration of another party. Uh, switch comes as he faces significant scrutiny over whether he will be able to qualify for enough ballots nationwide as an independent heading into the general election. Joining us now is Mr. Drew Allen, representing American Values 2024, the RFK Jr. Super PAC. Drew, thank you for joining us this evening. Hey, good to be with you. Wild times we're living in. Hey, seriously, wild times. Love that ad coming in right there. I know you guys took a little heat. Hey, the American Values uh, 2024 Super PAC supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s presidential candidacy is pursuing ballot access in pivotal states independent of the campaign. The targeted states include Arizona, California, Colorado, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Nevada, New York, and Texas. Did I miss any? These 10 states represent approximately half of the required signatures nationwide. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, exactly. I mean, it's absolutely vital, you know, if, if, if you know, for RFK Jr. to really have uh, a shot at any of the ballot. I mean, you know, he's got to be on the ballot to begin with. So that's kind of what, 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 what he's looking at. Nothing against I mean, it's a, it's a beast for sure. And, you know, it's just, you've got strange bedfellows today, to be honest. I mean, if you look, if, if you want to talk about, you know, RFK Jr. running out as an independent, uh, doesn't really feel at home in the Democrat Party. And he's even talking to libertarians about having access through 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 their party. So it's it's really <laughs> it's bizarre in America today, to say the least. Yeah, it sounds like it. AV24 is expecting uh, Drew to spend sometime somewhere between 10 million and 15 million dollars to tackle the task in these 10 states uh, in order to spread democracy. Funny thing, right? With the legal expertise to analyze each state's requirements, processes and implementation. What do you have to say about that one? Well, look, I mean, every every campaign you look at, you know, especially particularly the Democrat Party today, uh, you know, you can look at what they're doing with Trump with lawfare. I mean, really, it's a, it's kind of a sad reality that, you know, so much of our so-called democracy and, of course, we're a republic, not a, a democracy, as they always say, you know, depends upon, you know, it, it comes down to courts a lot of times and rules and regulations and so on and so forth. So, 
you know, that, that again, I don't, I mean, you know, it's necessary, but you know, I think it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, you talk about money and politics. It's still all about money. Yeah. Hey, I hear you that. Now let's say that you do get them on the ballot in those States. Drew, do you think he can actually win? Look, I mean, I think that RK Jr., you know, it's still early in terms of this year. I, I don't know realistically, you know, what the odds are at this point. Um, you know, if we can get him on the ballot, look, there are a lot of people uh, out there that are disillusioned Democrats that have come around just like RFK Jr. Uh, there's even some folks who are tired of Trump and, uh, and you know, and they're looking for, for another candidate. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, uh, you know, he's got a strong message. And, uh, you know, certainly when it comes to the, you know, COVID-19 and lockdowns and a lot of these issues that are important to people, uh, he, he is the, the greatest champion of those particular issues. Yes, sir. Well, as you came on the air, Drew, we, uh, we had played that audio clip from your recent Kennedy Super Bowl ad. And what's been the response to the commercial? Well, the response from anybody is it's great unless you're, you know, yeah. the Democrat Party that, that hates RFK <laughs> Jr. I mean, I, I mean, the, the idea that, oh, yeah, you know, he was the, the, the older Kennedys, you know, that have all been murdered, uh, you know, that, that they would have something bad to say about RFK Jr. today, you know, playing off of those old ads. Give me a break. I mean, the Democrat Party's unrecognizable uh, from that party anyway. I mean, these, these Democrats have nothing in common with uh, the former Kennedys or JFK. I mean, these people are Marxists, so there's no. I mean, it's a joke. These people are a joke. Man, <laughs> whoa, ladies and gentlemen, this is Pat Penn, representative from House 85, standing in for John Whitmer tonight. I have on the line Mr. Drew Allen, representing Americans Value 2024, the RFK Jr. Uh, Super PAC. He is literally doing nothing but spitting facts. This is amazing. So, Drew, CNN, that was just amazing right there. I tell you what, the black community completely agrees with you. They didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party of the socialist Marxists left them. So CNN recently reported that the Democrat Party has ramped up its attacks on your campaign, on the Kennedy campaign in recent days, marking the first significant attempt by either party to shape voter sentiment around his candidacy. So you must be doing something right. Yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, look, many in the Democrat Party have long feared what they call, you know, the, the, the black flight. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's one of those uh, myths that has uh, finally been, I think, broken through with a lot of people in the black community. Uh, I mean, I think you have to ask the question, you know, after being so, you know, after being married to the Democrat Party for so long, I mean, what, what, what is the, you know, black community? Because that's what the Democrat Party does anyway. They play identity politics. What has the black community gotten out of it? Are they better off for supporting Democrats? And I think that people are waking up to the fact that, that, that they're not, objectively even. Amen to that. A, a recent Quinnipiac uh, University survey shows uh, RFK Jr. with 22 percent support in a hypothetical three-way race against President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump. Where do you think those votes are coming from, Republicans or Democrats? Uh, I, I think it's more coming from the Democrat side, uh, to be honest. Um, I think there's a handful of people out there on the, on the kind of conservative wing of things that are really, really – still fed up and looking for accountability with Fauci and, and what happened with lockdowns. And that's where we're seeing the support coming uh, on the right. On the left, it's, it's just sane people who are waking up and they're realizing that what the doing, it's, it's ruining America and it's, it's the greatest threat we face. So, um, you know, it's, it's certainly a little bit easier for some of those folks, I think, to jump over and, and, and feel okay. 
uh, Jr. instead of, um, you know, Trump, for example. But look, I mean, there's a lot of similar messaging between Trump and RFK Jr. Uh, there are a lot of similarities there. And if you notice, there's not a lot of uh, hatred and, and fighting amongst those two. So I think when it comes down to intention, I think that, you know, you've got a couple of options there with Trump and RFK Jr., and uh, at least their heads are screwed on straight in terms of uh, actually loving America. I mean, that, that's the real thing with the Democrat Party today. You can't even argue that they like the country. They hate the country. Yeah. And, Tony, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Drew, that, that is fantastic. I tell you what, uh, I would definitely uh, agree with your sentiments. If folks want to get more information about American Values 2024 or the Kennedy pa- uh, campaign, what can they visit? Is av24.org? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So, yes, I want to thank you, Mr. Drew Allen. You always have a place here to come in and spit facts and be reasonable because the journey is just as important as the destination in politics. Thank you again for joining us, my friend. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Amen. Thank you. Have a good one. Yes, sir. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This week marks the sixth week of the legislative session, and this week we have House Majority Leader Chris Croft uh, coming on with us to give us a legislative update from under the dome. Colonel Croft, how do you do? Uh, is, is Chris with us? Yeah, can you hear me? Hey, there you are. Hey, sir, how you doing? Okay. Good. Yourself? I'm pretty well. Thank you for joining us here tonight. Just wanted to uh, get a quick update of what's been going on under the dome. I think we're in the sixth sixth week. Can you tell the listening audience uh, what that was so special about that piece? Well, uh, yeah, this is the week where um, we get to Monday and Tuesday. It's the last days of committees uh, getting their initial cut on bills. And then on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday is when we will hear everything that's kind of stacked up as we've gone through this process. And we have currently about 100 bills underneath the line and uh, spent the whole weekend working with the team, prioritizing and making sure uh, which way we're going to go through these bills over the next, uh, like I said, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's right. Now, this week, we actually did a few things that were uh, pretty momentous for us. We In the House, we passed Bain's Law, the Police Dog Protection Act. Uh, we had yep. a budget. The budget committees, they continued all their work. Uh, but the right. governor's recommendation was to increase the budget by an unnecessary one point <laughs> three billion dollars or 13 percent. I believe we wanted to talk about uh, increasing Medicaid reimbursement rates for providers. I know there's been some some hubbub about that, as well as an age verification bill for adult websites. Uh, I introduced a bill over in the House side. I think we had one pass the Senate, the Senate. And I just want you to if you want to ping in on any of those right there. 
Yeah, actually, you're doing a great job. You keep it up. Uh, no, so you're right about the budget, and we, um, you know, this year we started talking about the budget even earlier than we we normally do. Uh, wanted to get out there and show where we're at because the governor's budget was so out of bounds. I mean, yeah. one over, you know, a 13 percent increase, and and most of that stuff was hidden. And if you go back and look at you know the numbers since she's been in the office. Uh, we've increased, you know, almost ten billion dollars in expenditures. It's it's a crazy amount of money that that's going on. So I'm excited the fact that, you know, we're starting to flex that muscle and starting to um, learn how to use what we've got to be able to protect the people of Kansas and go through this process. So I'm I'm um, I'm really looking forward to what the budget committee is coming out with, with uh, Chairman uh, Waymaster leading the charge on all of this. And uh, and leadership giving them the direction, you know, with the, the speaker and those guys working so hard behind the scenes. I'm really um, I'm I'm very excited about the, where we're going with the budget this year and what we're trying to get done uh, for the people of Kansas. Uh, you mentioned many of the bills, you know, getting out there and protecting, uh, you know, the, the the police dogs and other things like that. You know, we did a resolution on Texas. Um, and, you know, a lot of people focus on the fact that we're trying to reinforce the border. The fact of the matter is we're out there trying to say, listen, we support Texas. We support the process. But also don't forget that we're defending at home. You, you know, being a former military guy, us together, we've talked about this. Yes, sir. You know, defense in depth. We can't just assume that the border is the last defense mechanism. We've done a lot in the state of Kansas. Uh, and we will continue to do that. And we've got the right guy in the job with Tony Batiti. We've got the right team that's there kind of looking through things. He's asked us for some specific stuff, and we've included in our budget because we think it's important uh, to defend against you know, this invasion of our country and, and the infiltration of our system, and it's going to cause us to do a lot of things at our state level. Absolutely. And then when we talk about you know going back to the governor's budget, that 1.3 or 13%, 1.3 billion or 13%, that's all new spending. That's new money that she wants to spend, and it's not her right. money. It's the taxpayer's money. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And so what she's also trying to do is she says, well, look, there's still this federal money that floats out there. and We're just doing one-time expenditures and walking it out. What's not really seen is what she does is it's a one-time expenditure this year, and then it goes, oh, well, next year – now it's a now it's a government program. We need to have a, a you know a, a logistics tail, if you will, for this thing. And so it now has a a uh, money line for a long ways out. And that's the problem here is it just continue to grow government. I mean, look under her watch, the government has gone from number five in the country per capita to number two. And it just make sure we got the reference right. Number one is bad. So that's the worst in the country, right? Being number one in this category is not good. Amen. Um, and when, so when you're dealing this with this, what, when you're dealing with Laura yeah, Kelly, she always has caviar tastes with fish stick budget, and she loves to make long money plans with other people's money. Well, I think here's the but here's the thing, and you and I have talked about this before. The difference is they believe in the government should be strong and that they should control the people, and we believe in individual freedom. That's the difference. Their freedom is we should be free of our money, free of worry. They'll take care of all of the force because the government's so good at it. And for us, we believe in individuals are the best determiner, and the individuals should have their freedoms. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, just to remind you, this is Rep. Pat Penn on with the House Majority Leader of the Kansas House, Mr. Chris Croft. Now, Colonel Croft, we were talking about the age verification bill. We wanted to make sure that adult material stays before adult persons and not to our kids. We want to protect them. Uh, but then going into next week, that's what we call the turnaround piece. Can you talk about that? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So bottom line is these are all the bills that we need to run from our House side and send over to the Senate. The Senate's doing the same thing. They're going to send us bills. So that's the turnaround. Now we focus on their bills that they send us. They focus on the bills we send to them. That doesn't mean we don't have things that we are still working on. Uh, specifically for us, one of the things that you know I've been working deep in on this is uh, is the foreign adversary aspect and the land component of that, as well as some other aspects as we go forward, talking about mineral rights, water rights, air rights. So we're doing many of those things right now. Those will not be done right now. They will be done right after turnaround when we have a little bit of time to focus on them and make sure we do them right. Uh, the Senate already has their version. We have our version, and we'll just meet in the middle on that one. But that's basically what turnaround does. Now, this week specifically, though, is our last week that we can address the tax override, and we're going to address that this week. And I believe you know, we, we have the votes. We're ready to go. We're excited. We're going to get everybody in there, and uh, we're going to move forward with that. So that is one of the big things that we're going to kick the week off with uh, at some point in this week. Amen. And thank you for bringing that up, Mr. Leader. Um, when you're talking about that override of the governor's veto of the very important, very helpful tax bill, uh, what do you think of the chances of that making it out of the House, out of the Senate? What do you see happening right there? And uh, well, what, I should, mean, what, what should voters yeah. be doing to engage the process? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a great point. Um, so last time we had 81, we had three people out. Um, and those three votes would have put us right at the 84 that we needed. Um, believe that we're there. The governor, obviously, she's working hard with her team to think she can flip some votes, and we're working hard to keep our votes. Um, that's kind of the way this thing's going and making sure we, we share all the information and address any concerns. I feel pretty confident where we're at, but never am I going to sit here and sit back and go, we got this. Every day we're going to work hard and keep making sure that, that our team is our team and we're working together uh, to get things accomplished. So that's where I feel about that vote and where we're going. And then uh, can you divulge what day you might be doing that, or is that one of those uh, G14 classified? Well, I mean, the hard part is, as you know already, we've, you know, the first time we had, you know, we had somebody that was out sick and, and they couldn't come in. And knowing this person, they couldn't come in. Um, it wasn't just because I don't want to be, it's because they couldn't come in. And and we respect that. Then the last couple of times we've had it where we've had a death in the family and, you know, we're all about taking care of family first and Amen. taking care of the people. The rest of this stuff will work its way out. That's the way it does. So this week obviously is our last week and we are going to shoot for day one, which for us, well, that would be cut Tuesday, but could be Wednesday, Thursday or Friday. Either one of the days uh, that we get everybody there um, with with all the stuff that's going on. Well, you know, we will run through a brick wall for you real quick. Um, when we're talking about all the different things that could to, that could uh, come to bear, what do you see happening on the Senate side? Or, or have you heard of those discussions? I know the leadership, you handle 85 Republicans over in the House. What are you hearing this happening on the Senate side? And should uh, our listeners tonight be doing anything to help influence that? Yeah, thanks. And you actually brought that up again. So I appreciate that because I, I kind of didn't cover that. Um you know, the Senate's got to fight, and, and they know that. They had a fight before. They were short one vote, and they needed to get that vote, and, and I know the leadership over there has been working hard. Here's what I would ask. I would ask each one of you out, that are listening out there to send a note to your representative, send notes to people that, that uh, did not vote for it or that did vote for it. Reassure them that you have their back, that you're there to support them, and I would ask you, even if they voted no, but do it in a positive manner. Don't, you don't have to be negative because I guarantee you if you send it negative – they probably won't read it, but send them a note, a positive note said, Hey, look, really wish you could be there. And, uh, and, and here's why we want you to be there. This is what we need. 
We need a tax break. We need a pay raise with all the stuff going on out there. I mean, the people are hurting. You've been out there. You've been to the grocery stores. People don't have full carts anymore. They're price shopping now instead of quality shopping. They're going after the least uh, amount so they can put the most on their tables. These are the things that we've got to make sure. You know, when we talk about the local budgets and everything else, they're, they're experiencing in our own budget. We're experiencing inflation, but so are the people. So they're paying double. They're paying the inflation to the government, and they're pay, paying inflation at the uh, in the grocery store. We've got to make sure we understand that and try to reduce that cap- that requirement from us on them. So it's important that we pay attention to our budget as well as our taxes and try to get money back to the people. Um, so again. I would just encourage you to send notes out there in a positive manner to everybody and just say – and make them part, individual notes. Hey, listen, Senator so-and-so or House uh, Representative so-and-so, thank you. Or, hey, we really wish you could be on our team for this one. That's what I would advise. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from the best majority leader of the Kansas House, Mr. Chris Croft. He told you, you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Sir, if folks want to connect with you, they can find you on Twitter at, at Chris Croft. I'm sorry, at Croft for Kansas. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Mr. Leader, thank you so much for joining us this, uh, this evening. I'll be seeing you tomorrow, sir. Yeah, thank you. And, hey, you know, when you mentioned earlier about uh, Senator Scott, I would tell you what, you are absolutely right. And, and I believe, you know, led by you, you're doing a great job out there working hard to earn the votes and keep up the great work. Well, sir, thank you so very much for all of your service. And uh, thank your family again for letting you come on here tonight, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You guys have a great night. See y'all. All right, bro. Now, tonight we are being joined by Register of Deeds for Sedgwick County, Miss Tanya Buckingham. Hello. Hey, Tanya. Is it on? Can you hear it? (laughs) Hi, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to be here. (laughs) All right. Fantastic. It's so good to have you in here uh, this evening. So can you tell us a little bit, Tanya, about yourself and uh, what you do over here? Okay. A little bit about me is I was born in Alabama and raised in a very small town. Oh, probably about 4,000 people. And I uh, grew up with three brothers and we believed in four very important things, our faith, our family, our friends and football. <laughs> that and pretty football. much sums it up. There so. it is, right there. Well, I've known you to be a very dear friend. Uh, people, audience, you might not know this. Uh, Tanya was the one to get me my start in politics, as a matter of fact, uh, many, many moons ago. She was pushing the stroller in a political par- parade and uh, took care of the family and just <laughs> embraced us with warm and loving arms. And that's what we're talking about at the beginning. Of uh, at the top of our show at the monologue about the GOP and how welcoming it is. Roll out the red carpet, open up the welcoming arms. Mm-hmm. You wanted to talk to us tonight about some of the work that you're doing dealing with residents and their property being safeguarded. Can you talk to us about that with the Property Activity Alert? Uh, yes, we have a free service that helps alert people of activity that's on their property. Mm-hmm. It'll notify you by an email. So if anything is filed like under Pat pin mm-hmm. you would get an email saying hey there's a there's some kind of activity that's happening on your property and in that email it'll give you our email website link and it'll give you the document number and you can actually go on there and you can see what is happening with your property so you mean like um and, and many times we talk about a solution in search of a problem but there are real problems out there like a lien being placed on somebody's property yes so- we have seen that in the past. It doesn't happen that often, 
But this is just kind of like an insurance for someone to feel secure knowing that, hey, if something gets filed on my property, then I'll get a notification. And it's it's a free online subscription, and it's simple to sign up. You just go to CedricCounty.org and go to the Register Deeds page, and there's a link right there to sign up. And it's very, very simple. You just put your name in and your email. And for those that don't have an email account, maybe your grandmother doesn't, right. you can put your email in, and that way you can look out for your family member. And that will send the alert over to you if there's someone out there trying to do some type of identity theft and things of that nature. So it's really yes. good to have that extra measure of security right. and, and that, that peace of mind oh, yeah. around some of those that are affected in our community. Now, when you were talking about uh, some of the other things you do at the Register of D's office, mm-hmm. what else you got for us? I know that there's, uh, as a military member, you take care of us as well. Talk to me. Uh, yes, we also like to remind the public that veterans can record their military discharge or their DD-214 form for free. And once that form is on file in our office, you can obtain free certified copies whenever the need arises. And those certified copies, they're as good as the original once it's filed, and they'll always be available in the event that the original is lost or, or destroyed. Okay. So that's a very important document. That's huge. Uh, DD-214 opens up the doors for so many different things of the yeah. benefits process for uh, vets and their families. So that's huge to have. Uh, and the discount program is awesome as well. Yeah. yeah. Have you been getting many takers? Yes, we have. So we started the military uh, discount card program a couple of years ago. We saw it. Uh, this program was uh, done in another county in uh, Chicago, and we contacted them to find out about it. But Pretty much what it is is businesses will offer discounts to veterans, and instead of the veteran going around with their DD-214 folded up in their wallet, they can carry around this. It's a government-issued photo ID, and also because it is a government-issued photo ID, that ID can be used when they go to vote. They can use it to go vote. Also, when they go get a tag at the tag office, Mm -hmm. they can show that discount card instead of having to carry around their DD-214. Awesome. And then uh, I know there are a lot of people who were saying that, you know, if Trump was ever elected or if he's ever reelected, they're going to move out of the country. They might need a passport. Do you have some services that deal with passports? Yes, we do. We also do passports. (laughs) Uh, We, in August of 2023... August of 2023. I ain't um, moving. <laughs> I'm not either. Okay, then. So August of 2023, we opened up a full-service satellite office in the East Kellogg TAG office. Cool. It's right across from the VA, and that's where we do our uh, passport services. Excellent. So we get, a, we get a lot of people coming in for their passports there since we moved to that location. Outstanding. Yes. And I know I've visited with your team. Everybody down there is awesome. So that hat that you wear is the Register of Deeds for Cedric County. Yes. You were up for re-election. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm up. Okay. Yes. Uh, and then, ladies and gentlemen, just to let you know, once again, this is Pat Penn, State Rep House 85, and I'm interviewing Ms. Tanya Buckingham, the Cedric County Register of Deeds. Uh, and – we know some of the great things that you've been doing in the community to help us out and take care of Cedric County when it comes to uh, your office and the great team that you lead there. They're a credit to you because everyone is so professional, so on point. Uh, one of the other hats that you wear, are you still involved with the Cedric County Republican Party? Uh, yes, I am. I am the Cedric County uh, Republican Party treasurer. So that is an important role, of course. I handle all the money for the county party. <laughs> uh, did y'all hear that? She handles all the money. So the, there we are. We, yeah. we, put, we put the best in charge of the, of the yeah. coffers, y'all. 
Hey, uh, I heard there's a guy at the state level might need some help. You want, uh, you want to help him out? No, I'll stick to my lane. You're all staying in your lane? Okay, all right, all right. Big fish, little pond right there, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So I, full disclosure, I'm the vice chair of the Cedric County GOP, so I work hand-in-hand with Tanya, and she's yeah. always a treat to work with, just uh, amazingly on point for every single thing that she does. Books are balanced. Uh, everything's accounted for down to the penny. Yes. So uh, we, we trust and verify every single thing that she does, and she's squared away. Uh, can you talk to us about your reelection? Where can people reach out to get in touch with you if they wanted to help donate or, or, or uh, help volunteer? Yes. Uh, I have a website, and all you need to do is go to TanyaBuckingham.com. First, last name, dot com. Okay. Tanya Buckingham. How do they spell Tanya? T-O-N-Y-A. Okay. The only way. And Bucking. Oh, that's the only. <laughs> Where are you so mad? So, Alabama. So sassy. Lord have mercy. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Register of Deeds of Cedric County, Tanya Buckingham. And we do have one other very, very special piece oh, of information dear. that was just revealed to us. Hot off the presses, ladies and gentlemen. Take it away, Tanya. What happened on Valentine's Day? Well, on Valentine's Day, someone, Mike Tywater, asked me to marry him. Come up here, Mike. And he actually is here. Come on up here, in Mike. In the station. Come Mike, on up, Mike. Come a few bars. Talk to your girl, man. Come on. Real fast. No, you know what? It's been almost three years, and... Uh... She's she's definitely the one. So, last <laughs> <laughs> little go right here. No, put him on the spot. Congratulations! Yeah, I put him all the way on the spot. It's about time. Oh, okay. man. you guys have been dilly dallying. Most most listeners don't even know that I'm in the studio. Yo. It is about time. Congratulations to you both. Yeah. I am very happy for so. both of well, you. Well, now everybody knows. There you go. All right. All right, listeners, I know your hearts are saddened because the glorious Tanya Buckingham is now officially taken off the market. <laughs> but uh, we just want to let you know that we love and appreciate everything you do. We'll be searching out uh, TanyaBuckingham.com and supporting you in your Thank run for you. re-election. Great job. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. All right, next week's guest host, once again, will be Representative Stephen Owens. And the events that we have coming up are the Republican Women United. Their meetings are held on the second Saturday of the month. At 9.30 uh, is when they have their start their social. It starts at 10 a.m. at the Wichita Area Builders Association at 7.30 North Main in the heart of Wichita. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.